You're listening to Look At My Records. This is episode 159. Brooklyn's The Big Net joins me for this episode, and we talked all about their brand new album, In the Service of Song, which dropped earlier this month on Marbled Arm. The album's title serves as a guiding principle for the writing and recording process behind the songs on the record, as the trio of Kevin Copeland, Andrew M.G., and Logan Miley focused on not adding any instruments or sounds that were unnecessary, instead focusing on how minimalism could best serve the song. Recorded live to tape over the course of two days with only a handful of overdubs at Copeland's childhood home, the deeply personal record strikes a chord through its diaristic lyrics and hauntingly sparse instrumentation. During our interview, We chatted about the project's origins as a type of response to the types of music they were making in other bands, the experience of recording in Copeland's childhood home in Connecticut, the meaning behind In the Service of Song, and much more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. I'm here with uh, we got Kevin, Andrew, and Logan of the Brooklyn band, The Big Net. Their new album, In Service of the, of Song, is out now on Marbled Arm. Congratulations on the release of your new record. Thank you very Thank you. much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, my pleasure. So... Putting out a record right now as a musician, as an artist, really interesting time to be releasing new music. How was your 2020 and how's everything been going? What's it been like to put out a record during this crazy time of not only are we dealing with the global pandemic, but also like political unrest in America? It's kind of insane everything going on right now yeah big time yeah who wants to take that (laughs) (laughs) well i guess we put it out because we we were just saying i think this is before we started recording that we we recorded it so long ago and we we've got a new song we're working on the next thing and it's just kind of like you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel of the pandemic and stuff and uh you know we just want to keep moving so it just felt like the right thing to do to just put it out and, and keep going. Yeah, I think I think putting out the the record and and starting the next one has been like the the most the the best feeling part of 2020 for sure. Everything else has felt so chaotic and and awful and and this felt like uh like s- some sort of respite. Yeah, it's got to be crazy to put out a record and 
have recorded it and finished it in 2018 you said almost two years ago what do you think when you listen to this record now what what comes to mind i still like it i don't know about you guys but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i definitely like it it just feels i feel like pretty far removed from a lot of those songs at this point just because we've been you know we've been working on other stuff uh since since we recorded it back in 2018 yeah but I mean, you know, I listened to it today and and it definitely still hits hard, some of those songs. Yeah. Yeah. I feel... I... I I feel like the the meanings... I think why I'm still... I feel good about it is because the meanings of things have been able to, like, shift and change throughout the last two years. Like, and I guess when we were playing live more, um, they, they still felt like somehow relevant to at least my personal life. I don't know about you guys they were able to like continue to mean something new even if like the thing that they were about kind of changed or something like that yeah absolutely Um, i feel like the themes of the record are really universal and timeless especially dealing with grief and seeking acceptance of others and uncertain songs like that so yeah 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 i think the, the the probably the the hardest part about putting it out was feeling like with the pandemic and with all uh, everything that's happening in, on on Capitol Hill and with the racial tension in America, it just felt like, well, wh- why why does this even matter yeah. at all? It, and it, 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 it at first it really didn't feel important, but then it was kind of like, well, we should just like let's just get it out of the way, you know? Even if like <laughs> it's not um, maybe it's not topical. It's just like, all right, it's it it is about those things and it can help if if it helps us with that, it could help other people with it. And it's, you know, it's not like uh, an obscenity to like put something into the world. At first I was feeling like, I don't want to release anything. It feels weird. But then it just became like the thing to do. You know, it's like everyone's got to keep trucking. Totally. And before we dive into the record in more detail, Tell me a little bit about how this project started and what each of your backgrounds are as far as playing in other bands in and around New York. <laughs> this is a this is a, a deep one we're about to get into. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've all we've all played in other groups with each other for a long, for a while. Yeah, like got like nine years of band band history. <laughs> yeah, inter, intertwining. I guess like all of our first New York band, like was uh, this band called the Sweet Boys, which we were in, we were all in together, uh, in addition to two other people. Uh, and that's how we all kind of started playing music together through that band. Te- yeah. Right? Technically, there, there was a hardcore band before oh, that. Sick. Oh, sick. That's awesome. This, okay. the, that's, that's, this, I didn't have anything to do with that. The, yeah. the, and this is a family <laughs> show, so we can't actually repeat the name. Is it a family show? <laughs> No, families are barred <laughs> from listening to this podcast. Well, I won't. Re- I won't repeat it anyway. If anyone <laughs> wants to go find it, you can go find it. But Smooth. yeah, and then me, uh, me and Logan are in another band called Lightning Bug yeah. with some other friends of ours, and uh, that's been going on for a while. And then, kind of on a break from that, we sort of started the Big Net as like a. It was just like a fun thing to do. That we had someone else playing bass. Our friend Corey actually originally. Uh, and Logan was like recording us. He was, I lived with Logan at the time and he's like the best, uh, recordist and mixer that, uh, that we know. <laughs> so he, that. uh, 
I said that we know, not of all time. Take it where you can get it. Um, <laughs> though I, I, I could I could go there, but um, and and yeah, and then and Corey is involved in a lot of other stuff, and so he he kind of was like, oh, I don't you know I have the time to devote to it, and and Logan became the obvious choice to take over playing in the band. What prompted you to to start this project specifically, sound-wise? Because you mentioned you're in a hardcore band. I know Lightning Bug is a shoegaze band, and this is kind of this serene, calming, gorgeous kind of folk music. I guess, I mean, when we started doing it, it was just sort of like we were hanging out. We kind of just wanted to um, spend time with one another, and I think we all kind of needed a little bit of, like, downtime yeah. at that period in our lives, and so we would just kind of, like, go and, like, not really talk and then kind of just, like, joke and have fun in between, and it was just sort of this, like... We used to joke that we're gonna make it. We're gonna make an ambient rock album that's just like hours long of just like the same riff over and over again. Which I still hope that we one day do. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think it was just like we wanted. We all liked that kind of stuff, and we were all like into like folk music and Neil Young and the Flying Burrito Brothers. But we also uh, liked like the feeling of ambient music and um yeah just kind of wanted to relax i guess yeah i think another another part of it was at least when we first started playing a lot of the other groups that we've played in were, are so like maximal and it kind of it's yeah. very like textural and kind of stuffing in you're spending so much time like sculpting the recordings and, and things like that we just wanted a more you know minimal uh band in a room playing kind of kind of yeah. kind of thing to just like let ideas come out and not have to make everything so like sculpted or something that's very true yeah so it you describe it as kind of a reaction to some of the other projects you're playing because i read and you have talked about in press for this record that you recorded it in two days minimal overdubs you know that sounds really challenging for sure to do a record in that short period of time and get it right right away it, it definitely was uh, a reaction i think we were playing so much at the time that the only thing we really had to like overdub were vocals just because um we we wa wanted them to feel right and feel like intimate and um but we we were we were playing a lot at the time so we were just kind of ready to go yeah i think it, and it it wasn't overly cha challenging, like getting the yeah. basics. I don't think, right? No, I, I feel like yeah, it was. It felt pretty simple, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were just like well oiled at that time as a yeah. band, right? Like we were just playing a lot. Yeah, kinda... and we want we wanted it to just sound like that, like us playing the songs, and it's like it wasn't any more complicated, or it didn't need to be any more complicated than that. Yeah. So that was, was that super important for you to record it in that manner to kind of capture the vibe that's captured on the record? Because it does sound really natural and as almost if as if it's capturing a distinct mood that may have been lost if you were doing too many overdubs and things like that. I think so, yeah. I think the... 
I don't know if I would call this album minimal overdubs. It's like kind of medium. I think the last the last one was like pretty minimal overdubs. This one's like medium. There are some songs. The next one is going to be a little more. Yeah, Each yeah, album will just have yeah. slightly more overdubs to, to add. There are some songs <laughs> that are pretty minimal. Yeah, that's that's true. There's just a few that have a lot of overdubs, but yeah. But I don't think we were like, oh, we can only give ourselves two days because that's you know important. I think it was like I could you know I took a day off work and like we had a weekend you know it was kind of just like getting it done there. Yeah, uh, would be sweet to take two weeks and do it. Yeah, that's true. But I, th- I mean, I, I think sim- simplicity was like a, a a tactic. Yeah, right. Don't you think? Most, sure. most definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And like we had talked about before, like we want it to sound like we want to capture like the sound of of the room, and and I feel like, uh, yeah, that was definitely important. Yeah, yeah it's just like an aspect. Like we don't. We would. I always joke around how like every all of our songs are just like A B A B because it's kind of like just part of the decision making process where we're like oh we need something here but then you just get so wrapped up and things getting too too thought out and that we would always just return to like what feels the most natural or something. Yeah, and Kevin, you guys recorded this inside of your childhood home just before it was sold. What was that experience for uh, like for you? emotionally and do you think the fact that you had this connection to the setting do you think that added to the emotional intensity of the record i think um it's funny because it was kind of almost out of not necessity but it was just like well where should we do this we had done the other one uh at our a friend of ours's space the one before the group of songs before at a space in the city and we wanted to like be out of the city so that we could just like be a little more immersed in it and not like stepping outside and and being in the noise of the city i think that was important and so it was just like oh let's just my my parents did live in connecticut let's just go out there for the weekend that would be easy enough to take all of our gear and i mean it just felt really comfortable to me honestly like at that time it it ended up selling later that year and at that time i didn't know that that was gonna happen yeah. it was, so it was just kind of it just happened that way and it 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 did i mean it helped me feel really comfortable and i think we got lucky that those the room sounded as good as it did that we could fit everything in um it, it, it just does sound nice but uh yeah it was mostly just comfort for me i don't i, I don't know how you guys felt i'm I mean, yeah, it was, you know, this, you know, beautiful house, nice house. Uh, and yeah, it was just really nice to be able to, to wake up and not have to have to worry about traveling or setting anything up and, you know, just like waking up and start playing after you breakfast kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I really like recording and, and playing music in that way. Yeah, Logan, that's someone told me that's, that's your, yeah, that's your thing now. Oh, that's my thing. As a recordist, they were like, yeah, you know, like, Logan is always recording uh, in like a house, you know, like t- taking everything to a place. And I was like, that is kind of this thing. I mean, I, I that's my favorite way to do it, at least. You yeah. know, Destin- it feels the most comfortable. Destination yeah. engineer. Destination engineer. <laughs> nice. Dude, that's got to be the tagline on your business card now, Logan. <laughs> All right. Right under your name. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool to have the house to like play as an you know we're not not like we're playing the house like an instrument but to have it as like i think we had like a foyer a foyer a foyer mic you know so just like to put mics in 
other parts where the sound finds its way through the house and usually it sounds bad but sometimes it sounds good and yeah it's cool to kind of uh, oh, it sounds unique at least yes you know? yes, yes. yeah and what I kind of thought was also special about it too was Kevin recording in your childhood home and I know in the the first song on the the record uh never knew blue you kind of allude to losing your father and losing a friend does it make it more special for you then that you made this great sounding really beautiful record in a place that you you know had a lot of memories in that probably shaped if not consciously maybe subconsciously songs on this record it does it 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 does and it, it's funny that it's mostly in retrospect like at the time it's just like getting getting it done but then when i look back on it it's just like uh it, it makes so much sense and it does feel more special that that's the way it happened um yeah uh it is interesting how you sort of block it out while you're doing it because it's just like tunnel vision getting getting the right thing getting the right sound um and and playing the best you can but yeah it's it is inherently more special yeah and the songs on the record are really super powerful. I've listened to the record so many times in preparing for this interview, and it really continues to have an effect on me. Um, the emotions conveyed through the songs sonically and uh, lyrically. So, Kevin, I was also curious, because you described your songs as not focusing on experimentation or novelty, but emotional urgency. So when you sit down to write a song then uh, do you feel like you have to be in a specific place emotionally to write songs like this do you have to be feeling it necessarily to write something that's quite powerful like this um well i'm glad you feel that way and that it does uh af af affect you in some way that makes me feel like we did a good job and yeah, it makes me happy. I wonder, I feel like honestly, I, I have a hard time sitting down to, to write something. I think I, I guess the answer is I would have to like be feeling it at the time. And, um, usually like the kernel for something like that, that is, uh, maybe closer to my heart or something would, would come at a time when I'm not expecting it i feel like a lot of those little bits will come like while i'm riding my bike and then i'll have to stop and record it into my phone and then when i get home kind of flesh it out and then when we play further expand upon it together uh and i i think usually the ones that i end up liking the most all happen that way like if i'm riding my bike or in the shower or or if we're just like playing something and then kind of words just float in it sort of happens like in chunks but also kind of all at once like the idea and the um and the lyrics sort of together if that makes sense yeah. yeah it's interesting that these powerful things come to you just in everyday life that's really cool yeah i mean it's like i feel like it's just as simple as like you're 
kind of turning something over in your head and then and then uh i don't know if if it becomes sort of a problem like someone will say something and i'll be like oh that's really good and they're like what and i'm like well that that's just a the funny way that you phrased that like <laughs> i might put that in my back pocket or something yeah. um but yeah it's just like having a little you're having a conversation in your head and then something kind of stands out to you so do you you find yourself writing lyrics that way too and and melodies stuff like that yeah i feel like honestly the ones i like the most the lyric will come either first or with a, a melody or something and then and then the rest of it will come when we're when we play together so tell me about the process of uh writing bird which is the final track on the record it's a real epic closer uh, you had said that you originally wrote it for a friend but then you kind of felt like you were actually speaking to yourself i'm just curious at what point did you realize this was something that you could actually apply to yourself what you were saying through the song when did that like light bulb turn on and you were like oh wow i'm actually kind of speaking to myself that happened after we recorded it actually you know that was sort of some, that little riff was something that i would like loop to myself and i found it very very comforting and then it sort of became this um you know message to a friend and then and then after we recorded it and i did the vocals i was showing it to another a different friend and i i was like oh we just kind of finished it i think it's done and i just sort of turned it up and was showing it to this person and like sitting there listening to it i had kind of just gone through like a crazy time um and uh and i just started crying while i was listening to it and i i that's when i was like okay this 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 one works you know like i think it's it's good um yeah so that's when it happened i guess that little flip yeah and it's interesting that it's something you created was also after the fact not just the process of creating it was therapeutic for you yeah it was very very much so and continues to be i think that was therapeutic for me too I love yeah it. me too every time we play that one i'm just like tears just are in my they just happen in my eyes and I'm like, oh, <laughs> here's this song again yeah it's a fucking great song <laughs> thank you my pleasure <laughs> So, Not and The Great Divide, they're both acoustic tracks on the record. I'm curious as to why you decided to keep them as acoustic tracks and not uh, add bass and drums and stuff like that. Hmm. Do you guys know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess maybe you kept Not acoustic just because it kind of uh it's like a, a brother sister song to late train sort of it kind of like leads into late train so i felt like if if you had put the full band on that track it would it would be kind of it wouldn't work as well maybe with with late train coming afterwards or something yeah right i don't that's in my head that's yeah that's, totally. that's what it is yeah, it kind of has like the same like melodic motif thing and you just always you would whenever we would play that live it would just be acoustic thing that you would do before LA train or whatever other song so it's just kind of the way the song is yeah and it just felt um yeah th those two just felt kind of more intimate or something and um yeah yeah 
And I like the placement of Beauty Bomb on the record, right in the middle. And it's kind of like this spacier sounding instrumental that also sounds like it was recorded a little bit differently than the other tracks. Was that deliberate that you put it right in the middle of the record? And how were you, how'd you record that song? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like we wanted it as a sort of intermission, a little like breathing space. I, that was actually the first one that we recorded with Logan playing bass. I think we just were, we were kind of just recording. We were just jamming out during practice. And I think we had just set up like a little cassette, a dictaphone or something. And I mean, I don't know if we ever, I don't know if you intended for that to be on the record necessarily at first, but I guess, you know, the more we thought about it, it kind of just fit nicely. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I always thought of it. I always loved that that riff, and I always thought that it would be on the record. I guess that recording is just the dictaphone, right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. low-fi. Yeah. It definitely sounds low-fi compared to the other songs. Yeah, just, yeah. just one, just one <laughs> microphone yeah. in the room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we definitely didn't know at the time that that was going to be on the album. It was more just like, you know, having the recorder going during practice and getting down ideas sort of thing. Yeah. That's, and Logan, yeah. Sorry. That's interesting. So did you have a final nine song track list and then think hey this is cool i'm gonna throw it right there in the middle and i think I, I there was a time when i thought maybe we would redo it because we actually did redo i just remembered we redid um uh uh kevin's shield we didn't like the one we got so then we just did it again in our friend's basement uh and i think that was just on a four track right yeah, that was on a four track. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some. You did some more guitars after that, but right, right, right. Just the basics. Yeah, we're on a four track. And then I, I thought maybe we would redo that one, uh, that way maybe, um, but then we just liked the way that that sounded, so it just became the thing. And then every time we'd kind of be like, oh, here's a group of bounces, I would always throw that in there, you know, as like the uh, palate cleanser or something. And it just kind of became like, oh, that's just in the group, you know? Yeah, we would play it live, too. I don't know how many times, but when Kevin was talking about, you know, our ambient rock record at some point, that one, we it was, like, more composed when we would play it live, and we would just kind of do that riff for, like, six minutes or something. Yeah. And then there would soft, be this, like, yeah. big, epic, yeah. like, distortion pedals on, yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, gets really thrashy, but it's not. that's not for the album. It's just for the... It's the live. You gotta see us live for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. 2024. 2024. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> November 2021. Yes. <laughs> coming to you. Here's hoping. So the the songs on the record dive into a lot of different types of emotion, grief, loss, empathy, and regret. Uh, Kevin, since you wrote the lyrics, I was curious if they represent a particular period of your life in which you were going through these different uh, different things and experiencing these different emotions or was it more reflective on different events over the course of your life that's a good question um i i think it was reflective uh i do think i've always i i don't know about you guys i feel like i've generally been drawn to uh song like i guess sad songs i don't i don't know why they like sad songs make me feel happy because then you feel less alone or something like that i i definitely feel that way often and i feel like those themes find their way into a lot of genres that i like like folk music and like 
um, you know, a lot of classic country is about like some messed up stuff. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Heartbreaker murder. Yeah. 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 So at least there's no murder on this. Yeah, record, that's but. good. That would have been a, a warning sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not as cool of a topic in 2021. Yeah. It's too um, real right now. To, yeah, it's way too real. But yeah, I, I guess I don't think we meant for it to be like that. It just those ended up being the things that I wrote lyrics about. I, yeah, I guess. Which is when I sort of reflect on that, I'm like, oh, that's a, kind of a bummer. But um, processing. Yeah, yeah, processing. I think uh, music is sort of a a therapeutic thing for me um, and f- for all three of us. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like the song uh, Cowboy, too. It's the third song on the record. And you said that the song is kind of about immaturity and toxic masculinity and how the two sometimes intersect. I was curious about maybe some of the experiences that you had that informed that song. Well, I mean... When we recorded that album, how old are we? We're all 28 now, right? Are we all 28? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, it, I guess reflecting on our uh, the first half of our 20s, yeah. that's sort of a transitional time where you watch a lot of people, um, you know, maybe start to be with the partners that they're going to be with forever or um, uh, get the job that they w- want to do or yeah just kind of make strides on their own and when you watch people do that it can be really and you watch yourself do that it can be really interesting and informative and also living in new york city i feel like it's it, it can sometimes seem like a a, a city full of children yeah. <laughs> and I, I myself included i don't know it's like a weird like why would you pay this much money and you're like i don't know it's fun you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, but it's like he it, that's uh I think a part of it and a part of, that was maybe a theme also is just like that we've sort of talked about a lot is that uh, adults are just kids who are taller and have more facial hair or, or you know, have jobs and pay rent and yeah. Yeah. Got to give a shout out to Corey Rubin who he was he played bass uh before Logan joined. Ben, that was very much like a song that we wrote with with, with Corey. Yeah, um, yeah. He used to he used to sing that one. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, we're we're not really like talking about the, the deep themes as we're writing these songs and playing them together and stuff at the time. But I remember at some show before playing it, he was just like, "This song's about stupid idiots." <laughs> so, so there's Corey's uh, analysis of it for you. Nice. Yeah. Deep. I like yeah. it. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, other people's contributions to this record that aren't the three of you. Uh, Audrey Kang wrote the lyrics for The Great Divide. She's your bandmate in Lightning Bug. How'd that happen and how'd that come about that she uh, provided the lyrics for that song? Um, she she just texted me one day uh, this summer and she was like, I, I just wrote some good words like these are good right and she just texted them to me like a picture of the the paper she was writing on and I was uh, like yeah these are really good and I just kind of was turning it over in my head and I was actually working I was uh landscaping this summer and so I was shoveling mulch and 
kind of just I heard it in my head and then and then I texted her I was like I think I like wrote some chords for it and she was like well I already have chords for it but why don't we both write it and like release it as a um you know a little uh, in tandem thing a little split there you go yeah um and yeah and that's just how it came out and we originally did it for um charity uh, uh, around all of the tensions this summer and we'll continue to donate all everything that that song makes um but yeah that's it was it was right after everything popped off this summer and everyone was just feeling really raw and i felt like she expressed it really um succinctly to me yeah it's a super powerful song and what's it like singing someone else's words though do you feel like she kind of provided you with the context and you understood the context that she wrote them in so that you feel like you can do it justice type of thing yeah totally i mean i think we were all kind of grasping for words to describe what was happening in america at that time and especially as like a, a as a white male yeah. I, you know it's 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 hard to know like what to say i remember social media just felt like wh why why does anyone yeah. need to hear what i have to say it was um it, and, and i still feel that way to some extent and um and so I feel like when someone writes words that feel like uh, that are that good, that can sort of um, c capture the feeling, it, it feels like um, a, like a meaningful thing to sing. Or something. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, another great song on a record of great songs. So that's cool that you were able to use her lyrics. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful for her letting us use them and 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 liking the, the way that uh yeah that my chords sounded under them tell me about the meaning behind the title you have written and said that the big net exists to serve the song i'm curious as to what you what you guys mean by that i mean i think i think it's just about not letting egos get in the way of what the, the song wants to be is that how it feels to you guys yeah just kind of just like getting getting out of the way like not doing anything unnecessary or putting anything in that in retrospect would be unnecessary that's yeah. how it feels to me yeah just like everything exists to serve the song yeah yeah and 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 i feel like we immediately know like does it need this it's like no it doesn't need that just get it out so, of there it's yeah i i totally hear what you're saying and it sounds like that philosophy really surrounds everything you did with this record from recording it in a short period of time you know medium overdubs i guess to kind of just get out what exactly the songs are supposed to convey and the feelings that they're supposed to evoke yeah yeah i think i think that's also just like the the essence of the trio in a way um it there's there's nothing unnecessary you know and if you're doing something unnecessary then like when you're playing when we're playing live if anyone is doing something unnecessary then they have by uh 
the nature of doing something unnecessary have to have to have abandoned something necessary if that makes sense <laughs> mm, you wow. know so you can't abandon the necessary <laughs> thing because you couldn't you're like i can't stop doing this because is that worth me leaving the, the, this cord uh, no it's not i have to stay here and do you view that as a philosophy for the band or do you think that's just solely this record I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I feel like in general, it's it's a guiding principle for the band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I guess like we've progressively, like each record, we've, we've kind of added more stuff on each record. And the one that we're working on right now will probably have even more stuff in it. But I still feel like that is a guiding principle in general for the band. Yeah. 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 Like the seed of the seed of, of the idea. To let it be what it is, rather than trying to uh, you know, embellish it or make it too um shiny. Shiny. Sure, yeah, yeah, shiny can be bad. Shiny can be bad. It reminds me it reminds me of my well, the only Mark Hollis quote that I know, but it's also one of my favorite quotes ever. He's he's the guy from Talk Talk. And he's like, I'd rather hear one note than two notes. And I'd rather hear silence than one note. <laughs> so good. Which he's not joking, but I just think it's very funny. Yeah. That's really he's, good. He's very serious. Very serious. Very serious man. And Kevin, you you made the cover. Are you a visual artist as well? Or you collaborated no, with someone? I actually didn't. Yeah. So I didn't paint the cover. Our friend Dane painted the cover. It came from I had seen a nature documentary. Uh, and there was this image, this sort of still that I it just really captured my heart. And um, I had Dane. I actually I wanted to paint it. Um, and and as I was asking Dane, because he's a painter, I, I actually live with Dane. Um, uh, as I was asking him like tips, he was like, well, why don't you know, while you're painting it, I'll just paint it, too. And we both painted, they're actually both on my wall if you want to see them. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, and so I mine was finished. And then when he finished his, I was like, fuck, that's just so much better than mine. <laughs> so this is mine. Nice. Yours is good, too. Yours is it's good, It's not bad, too. but... That looks better than the last version I saw of it. Yeah, you kind of hurt my feelings, Andrew, when you reacted to this person. <laughs> oh, <no>. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then this is Dan's, which is just, I mean, he's an incredible painter. Uh, and I just feel like it, it just is so much more detailed and deep. Yeah. So then, then, yeah, that just became the, it captures the vibe of the record too. It's hard to explain to, for me, why I feel like it does, but it does. I look at the cover and I'm like, that's this album. That's very cool to hear. Sorry, I hurt your feelings, Kevin. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm no painter. It's Friends true. and bandsmates gotta razz each other sometimes. <laughs> no, honesty, honesty is key. That's the uh, key to a true friendship. Uh, one more question. I actually wanted to ask in the bit, the beginning, but I forgot. You you put out that great seven inch with two songs on it, Big Moon and Rufus, as part of Saddle Creek's document series. H- how'd that happen? That's really cool that they included you in that series. Such a great label. Yeah, um, that we had already recorded. Um, I guess somewhere between an EP 
in a full length. I don't know what you'd call that, but um, a group of songs. And um, had sent it to them. I, I guess I, I kind of like out of... Uh, we, I, this is hard to explain. Like, I just sort of emailed them out of the yeah. blue. They have just like the email on the website. That, but uh, apparently the, the in our person at Saddle Creek, whose name is Amber, uh, re- reads most of those. And I kind of went on like a, a bit of a rant. I think I was in a mood of sorts and, and she was, uh, she agreed. I don't know about whatever I was talking about. <laughs> and I was like, I like what you're saying. Like, yeah, I, I feel this you. guy I was, knows what's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it sort of surprised me. I, I kind of emailed it, you know, it's just like the e- email, yeah. the mass email and, I didn't expect anyone to respond to it. And so I just kind of went off and um, yeah. And, and she responded and she really liked the songs and we originally were sort of like, Oh, how could, how could we work together? And that ended up being, um, you know, the, the best way for us to like uh, work together. That's awesome. Yeah. It was very cool. All right, so now we're going to play some songs from the Big Nets brand new album in the service of song. We're going to hear Keep and we're going to follow that up with Cowboy, Beauty Bomb, and Late Train. Then we'll be back to talk and play some records. Time I open my heart 
We are back. We just heard four songs from the Big Nets. Brand new record in the service of song. It's out now on Marbled Arm. You could get yourself a copy via thebignet.bandcamp.com. Of course, we heard Keep, Cowboy, Beauty Bomb, and Late Train. All right. So now we're going to do this, this record part excellent selections i like <laughs> every single one of these songs very much and we're we had a nice. really hard time narrowing it down there's <laughs> so much to choose from a lot of stuff i know but you're stuck yeah we did we did we did click through all 70 pages of your discounts nice. like we went 
we went That's 100%. dedication. A lot of people just do the first five pages. No. I, I appreciate not, that. Because you wound up with Broken Social Scene as pick number one. Their classic song, Stars and Sons, off of You Forgot It in The People. I love this song. The bass line is one of the most infectious bass lines I've ever heard in my life. And oh, yeah, great yeah. use of hand claps in this song, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big time. Good Who stuff. picked this one? And tell me why you picked oh. it. Uh, that Yeah, that was my pick. And... Yeah, that record is probably one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, and I don't know why I picked it. I mean, I just really fucking love that song. <laughs> um, I mean, it's... it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a rock record, but there's also all, all these just like textural things and so much textural yeah. beauty on it. And, and I just love when... When great songwriting, uh, great vibe is just married with great textures as well, and like every song in the record just just nails that perfectly. For yeah, me. very immersive listening experience when you sit down yeah. and listen to it in headphones. I love when you can feel just like so much shit going on around your yeah. your head. Kind of a kind of almost the opposite vibe of the, of the big net in terms of stuffing random sounds as many random sounds as possible into the record but but yeah just just for me it's just a it's amazing yeah Walk Right Back by the Everly Brothers off of the golden hits of the Everly Brothers. I have some cool factoids about this song when I saw Ooh, you picked fun. it. And I was like, what am I going to say about this track? Well, I got a lot to say about it now. It was originally <laughs> written by Sonny Curtis while he was in basic training in the army. And he... I guess they did some shooting drill and he was, I guess, fired at an expert level. So he got a three day weekend pass. He went down to Hollywood <laughs> and met the Everly brothers. Uh, he showed them the song and they were like, if you can write another verse, we'll record it. And so he's like, sick. So he goes back to basic training, <laughs> mails them a verse and it turns out they just recorded it anyway with the first verse twice, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't have they didn't have to use that second verse that he did. But then other artists oh, wow. recorded it with the second verse. And some recorded it with the first verse twice. So just a little wow. fun fact about this song wow. that I was really stoked to discover. Take it away. Love Who it. picked Walk Right Back by the Everly Brothers? That was on both me and Andrew's list. Yeah. We we each, we each, after perusing through, we each wrote down five or whatever, and then we chose the ones that were, like, sort of in common. Um, yeah, that was me and Andrew had both picked that one. So, 
Yeah, and we we were talking about. I was hoping it was written by um, uh, Felice and Bodolo Bryant, who are that couple from Nashville that wrote like six hundred, yeah, yeah, like s- charted country songs and wrote a ton of stuff for the Everly Brothers. And I was hoping that it had been written uh, by them because so many other Everly Brothers songs were. But that's a really wild story about Sonny. Insane Curtis. story. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> fucking story crazy i want you to tell me why you walked out on me i'm so lonesome every day I want next a little hip-hop don't sweat the technique by eric b and rock him Great song. I have a 12-inch yeah. single of this. I don't have the full-length oh, record. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. You ever see the video for this song? Yeah. It's a fun video. And I was five it's years old fun. in 1992 when this song came out. And even as a five-year-old, I think I would have had a lot of fun at that party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was definitely just, like, straight fun. Yeah, that is a fun uh, party. There's money. There's, like, butts. <laughs> there's cars. Lots of stuff in that video. What more do you need? Yeah. yeah. That was my pick. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. One of the great MC DJ duos of all time. And from New York, so that makes me like Absolutely. them even more. Yeah. Yeah, me and my friend from high school, my best buddy, Cameron, we had like a deep, like original, we were like, we got really into East Coast yeah. hip hop and just sort of went to town on all that stuff. And Eric B and Rakim was was one of the standouts, obviously. Six samples in this song too, like the bass line, that jazzy bass line is yeah. really, really awesome um yeah it's just a great yeah. great tune. it's like it's like the blueprint for so much stuff yeah. that happened later yeah also nice amount of saxophone on this great song <laughs> can't forget brass totally. intru- instruments <laughs> can't forget them don't sweat the technique So, Adrian Lanker, this record, one of the most recent additions to my Discogs page, probably the most recent, I just got this album, anything off of her 2020 album, Songs. I also picked that one, and that was the last minute we had to possibly kick something else off of the the list our original list was much much longer and we had narrowed it down but once i saw that you just bought that i think it was like two yeah. days ago dude that that song just <laughs> that song just kicked my ass it's just it's so i don't know it's just such a beautiful song uh yeah, yeah i feel like i couldn't not put it i really gotta here. commend the three of you and adrian lenker because recording a record that's 
kind of minimalist like this and like she did, the songs have to be really good for it to work. I feel like you could really strike out and just have some batch of songs that are really stripped down and don't really convey anything meaningful. You know what I mean? It's like you could really yeah. you could really swing and miss, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well that's the that's the test, right? Is like it does it work or does it not work? If it doesn't work then it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I feel like I've talked. Yeah. I've talked to people that like you gotta the test of a good song is 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 a good song just playing it on acoustic guitar. Right. Yeah. What about like Apex Apex Twin or something? (laughs) (laughs) That's different. That's some that's lyricless music. Dude, there are so many people uh, like you know like YouTube like uh, Avril Fourteenth on acoustic guitar. (laughs) It works. Yeah, that's true. But it does yeah. work. I mean, you, well, he has beautiful melodies, man. Like, you yeah, can, that's a lot of his songs would totally work on on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Have you seen Avril Fourteenth on pedal steel? And if you haven't, you should I'm check it out. I'm gonna check it out. It, 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 yeah. Did Did you were you gonna say something about the song? I I feel like I I interjected. I forget. I, I, I was saying. Know. I think I said something. Yeah. No, it's cool. I just didn't want to interrupt yeah. you by mistake. No, it's all good. It's just a beautiful song. Can't be. Hell denied. yeah! It's a beautiful ass song. Indeed. <laughs> beautiful fucking song. Yes, indeed. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're following up a beautiful song with another beautiful fucking song. Till I Die by the Beach Boys off of Serves Up. One of the most killer songs in the history of popular music, in my opinion. Deep. Uh, yes. Deep tune. Really powerful lyrics that Brian Wilson wrote about death and hopelessness. And I mean, the, the metaphor to the cork in the ocean fucking so good and I'm getting really yeah. intense about this but it's an awesome awesome song and probably my favorite song on Surf's Up I don't really think there are any bad songs on that record except for Student Demonstration yeah. Time <laughs> which sucks dick <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah I think that's that's definitely my favorite Beach Boys song that was Andrew's pick though we we all have a uh, a, a history with this song yeah tell me but about your history with Till I Die beautiful beautiful song yeah for me just everything I, you just said you know I, I feel the same way for me like I feel like I heard that song at a time where I, where I was kind of exploring songwriting for the first time and just like trying to figure out the chords and stuff and like trying to and like unlocking that was like a puzzle or yeah. something and it just like didn't make any sense when you first hear it and then you kind of see these patterns and just on top of it just being yeah really devastating <laughs> like deeply sad beautiful song um yeah yeah i feel like when i don't know if we were all 
uh, we all heard it together. I feel like I experienced that with the first time for like with with all of you or like with maybe Andrew and Mikey or something like that. Yeah, but, it was definitely a shared song. Yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, this is the Beach Boys? It, it, it like blew my lid off. I didn't, I didn't realize, yeah, that that was the same thing. I mean, it's the same sort of thing that people do with the Beatles. It's like, it's so easy to simplify the Beach Boys or the Beatles into like the hits yeah. or whatever. But uh, Brian Wilson's a, a devastating songwriter and Till I Die is just proof. All right, that was all your picks, right? Four, one, Absolutely. two, three, four, five. There's five. Awesome. Yeah. If we want to throw uh, "Let's Go Mets" on there at the end, we can totally do that. Hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Mets fans. Yeah, this <laughs> is right, for Corey. Yeah. yeah. Corey, Mets making big moves right now. Yeah. So, hey, baseball season's right around the corner. So go, we're going to play Let's Go Mets 86. <laughs> yes. Love it. The Big Net, what a pleasure it was chatting with Kevin, Andrew, and Logan. Hey, everyone, their album, In the Service of Song, is out now via Brooklyn's Marbled Arm. You can get it on limited edition blue vinyl via thebignet.bandcamp.com. You three are working on a new record already. Is that correct? That's correct. Nice. Do you think that'll be out this year or next year? Who knows? It's hard to read the ground these days, but uh, we just did some vocals this weekend. But I don't know. Well, I'm going to say 2022 conservatively. Sick. Yeah, yeah, 2022. Yeah, we like to take our time. We like to do do it simply and quickly and then take our time with, with looking at it and make sure we did it right. Yeah, enjoy the process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thanks so much for having us, Tom. This yeah, was a thank pleasure. You. Oh, my my thank pleasure. You, and we're going to play one more song to end the show, the last track on In the Service of Song the post-rock epic bird thank you guys All right thank get you get your Tom. tissues get out the tissues out <laughs> and i guess let's go mets since we played the mets let's go mets <laughs> that's right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs>